Breakout stretch pass. Carlson left wing shoots. He scores. William Carlson. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Now brought out by the Knights. Here they go. Left side the end mark. Put it out in front for Wah. Kick save. Rebound. Score. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in to Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace Millard out here at T-Mobile Arena. Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215 Home of the... Woo! Now they say that in French. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done, Chapman, as we uh, broadcast from Section 104, T-Mobile Arena. Looking forward to the Montreal Canadiens and the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. And if there was ever a good time for the 32nd place team in the National Hockey League to roll through T-Mobile... This ranks right up there as the Golden Knights try to end the eight-game homestand at uh, even 500 and give themselves a little bit of momentum going through that uh, uh, transition to the road and that big, tough journey through the is that what we're calling it cities now? of Washington. No, we haven't really Just come up with that. Just call it the gauntlet, no, Darren. Gauntlet. What are you doing? Washington, Carolina, Florida, and Tampa Bay. It's Absolutely not a gauntlet. Absolutely a gauntlet. We have it's to, 100% uh, a gauntlet. There's been some good uh, – Rita had a great – idea yeah uh the other day uh on twitter most of the good uh, ones we can't say on here no but uh but if we tweak them a little bit we might be able to come up with something a little more creative statistically it will be the most difficult stretch of games that the vegas golden knights will play Mm -hmm. this year uh is that uh that trip washington carolina tampa bay and florida so that just makes tonight even more valuable Beyond the homestand, beyond the opportunity to finish the halfway point of the season on a winning note and continue your 100-point pace, you just need to feel good about yourself when you're going out in the road. Yeah, I, you're you're spot on. Like, this is a game – I don't label many games in the regular season must-win games unless you have to win in order to clinch a playoff spot. Um, but this is, this is a game where I, I think the Golden Knights – have to have something to feel really good about going out on the road. You look at those four games, and, and it's not just Washington, Carolina, Florida, Tampa. It's Washington, Carolina back-to-back. Like, your first two games on the road in a long time are a tough back-to-back against an Alex Ovechkin-led Washington Capitals team and a Carolina team that is just absolutely on fire right now. And then you got Florida, Tampa, two of the two of the best teams in the league right now. So for the Golden Knights, this one tonight is a game where you want the result for sure. You want two points, but you want to feel good about where your game is at through this 60 minutes, and I think that's the big key for me. Consistent effort, top to bottom for the Golden Knights. That's what they need tonight. It's the best state of hockey right now. State of Florida. Yeah, you're not wrong. Philadelphia's dropped off, so they've let down the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh, Penguins, and the Rangers have done their part, but the Islanders haven't lived up to the billing. Oh, they're getting better. Yeah, and well, and I don't even mention Buffalo. There's no point. Why no. would you? So you got three. You got three chances there with the state of New York, and 
Do you have as many wins between the Islanders, Rangers, and the uh, uh, Buffalo Sabres as you do between the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning? Like that, that's how good Tampa Bay and Florida have been this year. Yeah, they've they've been fantastic. Now, you can look at California, and like I say this tongue-in-cheek because from a wins perspective, it's mm. not there for L.A., Anaheim, and San Jose, but all three of those teams are in a playoff spot currently. The L.A. Kings, Anaheim Ducks, 2-3 and three in the Pacific Division, and San Jose is the second wild card right now. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. I mean, you've got a 27-win and a 26-win see- season out of Tampa Bay and Florida. And you've got 20, 19, and 21. So 20 for L.A., 19 for Anaheim, and 21 for San Jose. So total-wise. Total-wise, but you've also when got When goes extra, to California? You've got an extra team there. Yeah. Come on, let's, let's goes be to fair to Florida here. Nobody's fair to Florida. Hockey hotbeds, California and Florida, Florida. huh? New York, come on, let's go. (laughs) Uh, But uh, but Montreal is. You mentioned must win. I don't know whether it's must win, but it's it should win. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important to win. When you reflect on how the homestand has gone, momentum has been fleeting. Their first periods have been outstanding. Yeah. They've outscored the opposition cumulatively in the opening 20 minutes against the previous seven opponents. 10-1 in the first period. Yep. So that part's gold. Yeah. But they only have two wins in seven games. Mm -hmm. And they face a possibility of dropping back-to-back to, to end the homestand. Now, you can you can salvage it by being 500. That's not where you want to be. That's not where this organization expects to be. But at least you can draw even. And I, I you're not going to have uh, Mark Stone in the lineup tonight, so there's that challenge uh, mm-hmm. to go your way, and we'll update you on the, on the lineup uh, in just a little bit. Uh, I, I think they're just psychologically more than physically – there's a lot riding on this game tonight. Yeah, and, and I, you know, to clarify, I, I don't think this is must win, but I think it's must play well, mm-hmm. right? Like, this is a game where the Golden Knights have to go out and play well and, and live up to the starts that we have seen, but carry that over in the second period and the third period. There has to be uh, kind of that game where it, it looks reminiscent to what it did against the New York Rangers, where the Golden Knights were good in so many different areas all night long, and there wasn't any real momentum shifts in the in the Rangers' favor. You don't want to see those shifts where within a minute or 90 seconds the, the Canadians are able to find two quick goals. You want to try to keep the momentum as even as possible. Uh, Montreal's actually coming in here off a win. Mm-hmm. Uh, their eighth of the season. Yep. But they are a team that's very different than the Pittsburgh Penguins, who had a couple of Hall of Famers in their lineup and were able to rally back in the in the second and third period earlier this week. If you come out and do, at least on the score sheet, because I still I'm not sold on the first period the other night. I Vegas capitalized on whatever opportunities they had. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it wasn't one of those dominating frames. But if you come out and you score a couple of goals and you establish that lead, that that does uh, put the pressure on a fragile Montreal team. And when I say fragile, I'm talking like a, just a slight gust to four mile per hour out of the southeast may be enough to break this team. It's been that bad of a season for the Canadians. They've been around since 1542. There it is. 
the year 1542. Predates ghosts. Yep. And this is their worst season point percentage-wise right now. It's incredible how, how bad. And they're, they're, they're scoring the fewest number of goals per game mm-hmm. since 1940. Like, there's, there's so many examples of how disastrous this season has been for Montreal, firing the general manager and uh, your start, best defenseman, your best goaltender, uh, not playing a game. There's, there's all kinds of things. It all adds up. And then now they're on a road trip, this horrendous road trip where they've won one game. It all adds up to a prime opportunity for Vegas to go out and do something really special and spectacular. Win the game, first point. Mm-hmm. That, and I, I'm not going to criticize any win right now. <laughs> I, I, you, love, you love the process and play, playing well, mm-hmm. and, and we're on, on opposite sides of that. Mm-hmm. And that's very fair because I, I, love, I love a well-played game. But first order business, win the game. Second part is really put some momentum together and, and feel good about you, about your game. I mean, this is a game where I, I think, based on what we've seen from the Golden Knights here on the on the homestand, you want them to go out and beat up on the Montreal Canadiens. Mm-hmm. Like you want them to win the game for sure, but you you want them to look good doing it. And like I'm with you, the way what, what's this, looking good. What's looking good? Give me a score that makes you seven nothing. Like I. <laughs> Come on, it's the Montreal Canadiens like this year. It's in one eight games. Seven nothings. Uh, okay, it fine. Would be spectacular. Fine. Let's go. Let's I'll go, go nine two. Let's let's go. Let's go four to one. Like okay. four to one. Walk yeah. it down. Very similar to what you saw in the Rangers game, where the Golden Knights get out to an early lead, and it's really never in doubt. That's more more what I need to see here tonight. I need to see the Golden Knights get a lead and not have at any point in time you that no lead be challenged. No. Not at all. And, you know, I, I think against Montreal, you can do that. You should be able to do that. And, and the fact that the Golden Knights are coming into this game 1-3-1 and one in their last five games, same as the Montreal Canadiens, I think that helps them to not look past this team yeah. for that four-game road trip. Remember the game in Montreal, November 6th? That was the night that the Canadiens outshot Vegas 20-1 yeah. in the first period. Yep. And it had a 2 nothing lead. Mm-hmm. And it was Vegas that did the old Pittsburgh Penguin, snapped the fingers, turned it around, came back and scored five unanswered goals. Yeah. So Montreal, we can't just write them off, even though they're the 32nd team in the National Hockey League, and they've actually gone downhill from that point in, in November, and they're working on their third-string goaltender and their fourth-string goaltenders uh, going into into this game without Carey Price and Jake Allen. Uh, did get Tyler Toffoli back the other night, mm. but... Uh, Vegas, Vegas needs one of those just typical step up and be solid and be determined and be uh, controlled in, in this game and just restore a little bit of confidence. Yeah, I want the game to mirror what their two wins on this homestand were. Mm. When you look at Anaheim, yep. that game against the Ducks, and when you look at the one against the Rangers, it was very clear the Golden Knights were the better team and that they were going to win the game. And there was no sniff or opportunity for either one of those teams to steal two points, to wrestle even a standings point by getting to overtime away from them. That's what I'm looking for tonight from the Golden Knights. But I do agree with you. I don't care how it happens. You need to get two points here. You want to have two points going into that road trip because that is a gauntlet of a road trip, Darren. Mark Stone will not play tonight placed into COVID protocol 
Nick Hag has also been placed into COVID protocol, but he was not going to play uh, as he recovers from his wrist injury. Yeah. What it does, though, for Hag is just pauses the rehab mm -hmm. process and, and getting closer and closer and closer to being back in the lineup. Well, he has to take that time period off, five, ten, whatever the yeah. the testing uh, allows him to get back. But it, it could be as much as uh, in the range of, of ten games. So uh, more adversity for this team without Mark Stone, who is the latest to be placed into protocol. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's nothing new and certainly um, no – it's not unique or or something the Golden Knights haven't seen before. It's, but it's a pain in the butt. It's it sucks. Yeah. Like there's no real way around it. Like it's it's a bummer, especially when you don't have Max Patch ready in the lineup. Um, you know, it, it, but again, it, it's it's a situation where the Golden Knights have been in this this position before, and they have found ways to win hockey games. And you know, again, I, I look at it as someone's going to have an opportunity likely Chandler Stevenson's going to have another one of those moments where he gets to prove to the world and everybody that, that doesn't know yet he's been able to produce, he's been able to do it without Pacioretty and Stone. So I, like, I look at this game tonight, I think that if, if you're looking for an inspired player, if you're looking for somebody that, that, that you can see kind of trying to take the game over, Chandler Stevenson is top of my mind in that regard. Stevenson will play his 300th game in the National Hockey League tonight. His first few were played with the uh, Washington Capitals, 168 games. Mm -hmm. Won a Stanley Cup, 33 points. That averages out to about .2 points per game. Yep. The next stretch, 131 with Vegas, 94 points. Not bad. Triple, .72 points per game. Mm -hmm. He's half a point per game better with Vegas than he was with Washington. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. Like, uh, averaging half a point per game is really good mm -hmm. in the National Hockey League. He's half a point better than he was with the team that he played 168 games for. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a situation that, that has worked out incredibly well for the Golden Knights and for Chandler Stevenson, and you've got to give him all the credit in the world for running with an opportunity. right? Like, every, every young player coming into the league that's, that's in a depth role is looking for an opportunity – to prove they can be more than just a third or fourth line player. And what Chandler Stevenson got here in Vegas was an opportunity to play in a top six and to find chemistry with very good players. And not only is he able to play with good players, he's able to help elevate lines the way that Mark Stone, Pacioretty, and Chandler Stevenson elevate their game when they're all, when all three are together. Uh, different than, than Alec Martinez, mm -hmm. but still an impact player uh, out of a performer. Uh, I watched Alec Martinez at practice today, and he was scrumming along the boards with yeah. Jonathan Marchessault, just doing, having some fun. He was one of the last couple of players out there uh, at the morning skate, and there was something else about him. Oh, he didn't have the red non-contact sweater on today. Step in the right direction. So he's moving, uh, moving towards uh, that direction, and he was, he's not going to play tonight. Mm -hmm. But when you're watching them practice and you're, you're watching him scrum, you're watching him take a, the one-timer drills, he's doing everything else. Uh, he's, he's not – today he wasn't singled out for extra work with, with Ryan McGill. Mm -hmm. He was part of the group. And I, part of me looked at it and went, could he play tonight? Now, he stayed on at the end of practice with all the guys that, that weren't playing. Mm -hmm. So that 
was a pretty good indication. But there was a point during the skate where I was thinking, hmm, I, I had the road trip for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, I, he looks really good. I, the sooner you can get Alec Martinez back in the lineup, the better for the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, it's a stabilizing presence on the blue line. It's an ability, especially if Nick Haig is is not now with COVID, like you're looking at maybe 5, 10, 15 more days and, and losing that time on rehab. Um, if you're not close here with Nick Haig because of that, getting Alec Martinez back in the lineup, allowing him to get his game back up and going, We've seen a pairing of Martinez and Theodore be dominant. We've seen a pairing of Martinez and Petrangelo be dominant. It, it, it's it's something that helps to stabilize the defense of the Vegas Golden Knights, and it's important and it's necessary and it's needed. Next week, we talked about the the viciousness of that road trip. Mm-hmm. Could also be an incredible moment in the Vegas season because Martinez next game is on Monday. Mm-hmm. Could he be in the lineup? Maybe. Or is it Tuesday or down the down the road when you when you get Florida and, and Tampa? Uh, Nick Hag, you've got some some runway there before next week. Could he return next week? Yeah, I think it's a real possibility, depending on where he is with uh, with his COVID protocol and the wrist injury. But it sounds optimistic. And then out of the corner of my right eye today <laughs> comes Max Pacioretty. Yeah, who, who skates across the ice. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> um, so it, my initial reaction, I'm not, I'm not surprised. Like we all know how vigilant Pat, Max Pacioretty is about his body and taking care of his body and doing everything that he can to speed up the recovery process as much as possible. I was surprised that he was there. I was surprised that he was out on the ice, and then I was more surprised to to hear Pete discuss after practice yeah. that. He's going on the road trip and might be an option, might be an opportunity for him to get back in the lineup. I did not expect it to be this quick for Max Pacioretty. If, he, if he's skating and it's better for him to get the reps with the assistant coaches, then it makes sense for him to go on the road trip, especially when it's a, a week-long road trip. Yeah. So that's that's logical. I wouldn't have been surprised that he was going to go on the road trip. But when Pete brought up the possibility of being an option, because – Everything that we've heard about about Max, and you can be the most vigilant at at rehab mm-hmm. and and pushing your body and and everything, but he had surgery. Yeah, and everything that we were told was it was going to be a while. Mm-hmm. And this next week before the All Star break, that seems a lot. The window seems a, a lot uh, closer than I ever imagined. So there's there's three big players, and and then Mark Stone. So today's Thursday. You do the five-day thing mm-hmm. if he's asymptomatic. Uh, that puts you Monday, Tuesday-ish uh, to play. He could join them uh, on the on the road trip. Uh, the, as as cloudy as it is right now mm-hmm. from that front with Haig and Pacioretty uh, and Martinez out of the lineup and Eichel, uh, Stone now out, uh, it, it could clear up pretty quickly what what i find most fascinating about it is the idea of jack eichel returning before max patch ready because that's what we all had in our minds mm-hmm. right like we all kind of sat there and thought about it but imagine the the instance where you have mark stone back in the lineup you have 
Max yeah. Pacioretty back in the lineup. You have Alec Martinez and potentially Nick Haig back in the lineup. And then all of a sudden, to that group, you get to add Jack Eichel. That's, that's massive. Part of me says, don't even think about it. Because... Because it's been so topsy-turvy and unpredictable this year. That why even allow yourself to go down that path? Because it feels good? Well, it feels, it's it's incredibly uh, tempting to to warm your heart with that. But I just don't want to get my heart broken or bruised again. Because every time you think, better to love than, oh, okay, well. It's better to dream than to not have them. Really? I'd rather just stay in my room with the lights out. I know. But you're here. You might as well embrace this. I, I paid by you to be here. And thank you for giving me the raise. I really appreciate it. Anytime. Uh, Montreal against Vegas. It's the uh, first place team in the Pacific against the last place team in the National Hockey League. Far cry from that playoff series last spring. Was it, though? The Canadians weren't weren't world beaters there i mean they won the series give them credit all the credit in the world but you know the golden knights were amazing last year remember game six montreal vegas Mm -hmm. the other night in in dallas montreal had six players from game six in the lineup yeah six players this is a totally different team it is you're you're spot on there It, it is a very very different team and you you touched on you know, Carey Price, Shea Weber, not available, not in the lineup, haven't played a game, not expected to – Shea Weber certainly not expected to play. Carey Price kind of going through a, a setback with rehab, trying to get himself to a point where he's healthy enough to get back to this Montreal Canadiens team. And as you mentioned, they're they're down to third and fourth string goaltenders. No Jake Allen. It, it's a tough stretch. You lose Phil Deneau in free agency, and that was a, a guy – that made it work for the Montreal Canadiens. You, you look at that series and the work that he did against Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty and Chandler Stevenson. Um, yeah, you're you're spot on. This is a very different team in Montreal. Um, and, you know, again, it, it it's tough because I look at the team top to bottom and they're about what I kind of expected them to be. Like, I, I thought they'd be bad this year because... You lose all those pieces mm-hmm. that were so integral to getting into the playoffs in the first place and then going on the run, and not much was brought in to replace it. No, listen, it's no surprise. We, we had Montreal as a team that went to the final that could and was more likely to miss the playoffs because they were going to a, a very difficult division, yeah. back, to, back to the regular division setup. I mean, they didn't have a chance, really, from the, the outside. No. But to be statistically the worst Montreal Canadiens team ever, mm-hmm. that's still a surprise. That's, it's one of the greatest. It's the greatest franchise in NHL history. Won the most Stanley Cups and uh, go down the list of uh, all, all the Hall of Famers and the, the dominance, uh, original six, uh, 21, or whatever. They've, they've won basically in every, every format uh, of the National Hockey League. But this, this is unprecedented, uh, what we're seeing right now. And that's even more uh, why, like, Dallas was crushed the other night because their their playoff hopes are hanging by a thread right now, trying to get back into it in the Central Division of the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. They need something to turn it around, and they ran into a hot goaltender, and Montreal scored a power play goal that got them going. Montreal hung around in that game. 
And it can happen. Happened last night uh, with New Jersey and Arizona. So you you can't take it for granted, but you also have there's just you have to walk out of here with two points. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I, the Golden Knights have to feel something positive to end this homestand before going on to that road trip. They have to. Uh, Mike Rupp's going to join us from NHL Network uh, in just a little bit. Uh, he will stop by. We've got one-timers coming up in hour number two. News and notes from around the National Hockey League. As we discuss the Montreal Canadiens' only visit this year to T-Mobile Arena. Uh, but they've been around here more recently, and we all remember that playoff date. So maybe a little payback on the line. It's the VGK Insider Show, live from T-Mobile Arena on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Boy, it's nice to scroll through the NHL schedule. You go, well, there's one, two, three, four. <laughs> there's nine games, and there's not PPD beside any of them. we got a full schedule. Everything's going tonight. Yeah. Uh, some, some good games, too. Watching some uh, stuff out in Colorado, Los Angeles. That's a big one for L.A. Big one for, for Colorado, too, as they try to pile up the points with those games in hand. Winnipeg and Nashville, huge in the central. And then uh, what we have right here between Montreal and uh, Vegas. Vegas hits the halfway point uh, of the National Hockey League season. Mike Rupp from the NHL Network uh, joins us now on the VGK Insider Show with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Hey, when you were playing, did you... Did the halfway point mean anything to you? Was it a mile marker at all, or was it just another game? No, it meant, it meant something to me. I think that all the the holiday break was something. Uh, when you get to the official kind of halfway point, I, I think that that – I don't think it really probably means too much, but mentally it, it just helps you kind of bone in on, all right, this is that – these are those days. Like, we got to – dot our eyes across our T's, and, and these are kind of getting into, like, the dog days, right? And then it, I always felt like the last 25 games just fly by. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it means a lot, and it's kind of that, that time of the season where I feel like uh, a lot of guys think that this is kind of make-or-break time because there's a lot of teams that struggle in that middle stretch of the season. This is where stars uh, get me uh, – for, correct me if I'm wrong where, – where stars start feeling it if they're not having a great season, start getting really bitchy because they, they know that they've only got half the season left to save it. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true, and I, I think that that's, that's kind of the uh, – you get guys maybe gripping their sticks a little bit more, a little more frustration sets in because it, that's also the other mental side of it too. It's like you sit there, and a lot of times as players, you, you probably don't talk about it too much with media, but you do the math in your head if you've got – you know, 15 points at this time, you're like, hey, I'm on pace for 30. And if that's good for you, then then you're feeling good. If that's not good for you and you wanted more going into that season, you might be thinking, oh, man, i got to pick up the pace. And I always find that when, you, when you're kind of chasing it and chasing offense and chasing, um, you know, your game, that's always a slippery slope. You know, Mike, I, I'm curious to get your perspective on this one because as we hit the halfway point for some of the teams in the Pacific Division, uh, right now the LA Kings, Anaheim Ducks, and San Jose Sharks, all three California teams are in a playoff spot. Is that surprising to you, and which is most likely to stay in a playoff spot by the end of the year? Yeah, that is surprising to me. I I didn't know what to really make of the the three teams. I I think two of the three teams, um, Anaheim and LA, I really – like their future. I just didn't think that they'd be kind of sitting in a spot right now. I think that 
a winning season, uh, kind of what, what would measure success for those teams is just to be playing meaningful hockey down the stretch and, and kind of being a bubble team to, to be pushing down the stretch. But the fact that they're in it is a great sign for them. Uh, I think San Jose is probably the bigger surprise for me of the group um, as far as what they've been able to do. Um, but I, I think that the team that probably has the best chance, I've kind of flip-flopped over the last couple weeks on this. I, I was saying Anaheim, but now I'm starting to feel a little more bullish on the L.A. Kings. I like what they're doing. I like that their blend they have with their veteran players, their youthful guys. Um, the L.A. Kings are one that I think this team can be um, sitting in the spot now and, and come the end of the season. Yeah, L.A.'s got a bit of bite to their game. They're maybe not the biggest team, uh, but they do have some, some powerful players. But they're, just, they're kind of scrappy, and, uh, and they just don't go away. No, they don't. And, and I think to just even referencing the, the veteran guys, those guys are still performing at a higher level, a uh, high level that they – I didn't think I was going to ex- expect that either. The, the, the levels that Andre Kopitar, Drew Doughty, you know, uh, John Quick, and, and yeah. the fact they're still contributing the way they are has been pretty impressive. So, um, But the, the bite, I think, is they, they're tenacious now, right? Like they've got good foot speed there. I think the youth – the youth is serving this team really well because it's kind of creating a little bit of chaos on the ice. I mean, even players like, uh, you know, you've got, you got uh, um, Lemieux there that's been yeah. kind of just creating some havoc out there. And they've just they've got that kind of junkyard dog mentality I think is really big. And it's a culture that you need to create. And when you have a young team and they have a lot of young players and they're doing those things, I think that's a really good sign. Here's Mike Rupp. He's a Stanley Cup champion, and he works for the NHL Network. He's an analyst there, and you can watch him on NHL tonight through the regular season, including uh, tonight, tomorrow, every night, uh, 3 o'clock uh, Pacific time. So sticking in that Pacific division, obviously the, the the issues for the Edmonton Oilers came a bit to a head earlier on this week uh, with Leon Dreisaitl um, having having a press conference, right? Like we all, we all saw it. We all understand it. But uh, where – where are the Edmonton Oilers, and how do they get them? How do they right the ship in the second half of the season? That's the million-dollar question, right? Um, everybody's talking about the moves to make. This isn't a team that really has a lot of room to make changes. So, what what moves? Um, I think that that's a big thing that you you got to deal with internally with the team too. It's like, hey, we can't sit here and hope that someone's going to walk through the door that, with a cape on, right, and uh, going to lead us and get us out of this. It's got to happen there. And I think that there's certain times in the season where we always talk about individuals looking in the mirror, kind of taking care of your job, doing your job. Um, But also I think that there's healthy ways of being selfish. And what I mean by that is you've got to sit there and think to yourself, if I'm a depth player on that team, I'm sitting there thinking there's not no better opportunity. If I come through right now and I just get my game up to snub and maybe kind of play out of my boots a little bit. I mean, Dave Tippett's going to play the heck out of me. you, you got to have a spark. This team is looking for anything to spark this group. They haven't played many games in a long time. So it's about getting in a bit of a rhythm. So I think selfishly you're looking at it like, hey, I'm going to take care of my business here. I'm going to go out. And there's, there might be some, you know, some uh, greener grass um, in the next couple months here for me. So I think that it's a healthy way of looking. I think these guys got to squeeze themselves individually and try to get every bit of competitive juice out that you can because that's what they're looking for. And if you can provide that, 
like I said, you're going to get minutes. Dave Tibbs going to throw you over the boards, and who knows? You might go over the boards with 97 or 29. Well, on the subject of 29, do you, do you think he's put any added pressure on himself because of the exchange with uh, Jim Matheson? Um, I don't think added pressure. Uh, I, I don't know. It's I, I don't really know Leon. It, he doesn't seem like the type that really – I don't know. You could say say Bulbas. I was going to say I don't think he's the type that really cares, but obviously he does because he kind of had that, you know, fight back the other day with Matheson. But um, I don't know. I think that it's. I'll be paying attention to see how he does after this. Yeah. No, I, I'll pay attention to. It. I also think that this is kind of part of the process, and um, I'll say this: you've got a letter on your jersey, and there's responsibilities that come with that, and that's talking to the media that's dealing with the ups and the downs and um you know i don't think the other day was a great look for leon um i, I just i just think though that when you got a letter that, that's why when you when you see guys sometimes getting letters and uh at young ages right and yeah. getting them at 21 that's a lot of that's a lot of pressure for these guys they're trying to find their way they're trying to grow up as individuals too so I don't know. It's just something where uh, you've got responsibility there. So, yeah, maybe there is some pressure, added pressure there. Um, but he, that, that's part of the job description. And, you know, I've, I've heard things where Artemi Panarin doesn't want to be a, a captain in New York. Well, you know what? I, I, if that's true, I appreciate his honesty. He wants to just go play. I don't yeah. want to go talk to the media every single day and go do these things. Like, if he knows uh, that that's kind of something that's going to interfere with with his game, then then don't do it. But if you if you have that letter, you got to go up there and you got to lead. And I just don't feel like that's a great way to lead. Did you ever see a teammate get into it with a media member in the dressing room and just sit there and giggle? <laughs> um, I, I've seen it happen, and instead of interrupting it, I just I just sat there and giggled. Yeah, no, I think it's I mean it's I think it's funny. Is uh, you, you joke around on the you know, the backside of it, or, yeah. you know, behind the cameras. But, uh, I, you know, what? I, I had Torts as a coach, so uh, the old Torts kind of run-ins with Larry Brooks yeah, and, yeah. and all those types of things. I mean, that was enough to keep us entertained. Us <laughs> players didn't have to do any of it. So let's kind of switch gears here for a minute and, and talk about Alex Ovechkin. 27 goals and 55 points in 40 games. Is this the greatest season in Alex Ovechkin's history? Yeah, I think so. And I saw this crazy stat the other day, which is, which is nuts because when we get into all the OV Wayne talk, and uh, both are superhuman, we we know that, right? Like, and you know that that whole stat that everybody's always spoken on with Wayne, it's like Wayne has never he never needed to score a goal, and he'd still be the all-time point getter in the yeah. NHL history. That's incredible. That's crazy talk. But at the same rate, I saw some splits the other day of what was it? It was like. I might be messing it up a little bit, but it was like points before the age of 30. It's amazing. And Wayne ran away with that if you're comparing yeah. him and, and Ovi. Mm-hmm. But when you go 30 and over, like Ovi's running away with that. And what he's doing, it's, it's crazy. We never see it, especially the way he's played. And I saw this stat a, a while back. I was like probably like a month or two ago, and I was like, his style that he plays, like I played the game, I got paid to – get in there on the forecheck, and throw hits. Like, that was my sole job for the most part. Anything I got offensively was bonus. Like, there's guys that get paid just to hit. When you talk about since 2005, since OB's coming in the league, and he's the, the, 
you know, got the most goals over that stretch. When you look at the comparables, you've got Sidney Crosby up there. You've got, like, a lot of great players there. And then you look at the hits department. This guy has been fourth in hits since the time. Cal Clutterbuck, Matt Martin, Dustin Brown, the only three guys from Those guys get paid to hit. You know what I mean? So, like, Obie's hit totals, Sid was number two as far as the goal scored. And Sid had, like, you know, just under 900 hits. Obie had 3,600. You know what I mean? Like, what he's doing and the longevity and the, the way that his body is held up, I, I, I think it's absolutely insane. And uh, this still to be, I mean, still young season. Uh, this could be the best year of his career. And uh, I think right now he's, he's hands down the hard trophy winner. Most times if you're scoring more, you're hitting less, right? Right, cause you have the puck, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, and you, and you don't want to hurt yourself by putting yourself in a bad spot because you want to keep scoring. Yeah, and, you know the other the other great part about this, what he's doing this year that's incredible. Also, uh, their power plays like what twenty eight out of thirty two teams. So I know that Backstrom's only played seven games. Uh, they've been without Oshie quite a bit. Uh, I think they're without John Carlson tonight. Like there's you know they I, I guess the point being these aren't all cookies. You know what I mean? Like he's he's has his best points total um, on pace for it, I should say, right now. And I think that that's incredible because, again, when have we ever seen, the, since Obi's come in the league, they've had a top-end power play every single year. So he's going to be getting 35 points on the power play, 40 points on the power play. Well, this year he's getting them five on five. And that's just another layer to, man, how, how is he getting it done? I just think what he's doing is spectacular. Uh, last one for you. If you were sitting on a couch beside Baxter and he was slurping his cereal like that, <laughs> would you throw a pillow at him? Oh, dude, I'm like I, <laughs> I am the worst with sound effects. Like it's, I can't. It, yeah. it makes my skin crawl. Any kind of like you know, if you're a loud eater, loud chewer. I used to be. I used to sit there. My mom, when I was a kid, used to watch soaps, like soap operas, right? Yeah. And those microphones, and they would like be talking in close range, or they'd be kissing, or whatever. And the, the the sound of people's mouths opening and moving was just like the worst <laughs> thing, like nails on a chalkboard. I can't. I, I watch certain shows or movies, but there's certain sounds I can't do it. So no, Nikki Backstrom, as good as he's been, feed me goals. I don't know if I let him slurp cereal on my couch. Uh, <laughs> next time I work with you, uh, I'm gonna leave the granola at home. Uh, thanks, buddy. I really appreciate it, and uh, be well, my friend. Awesome. Take care, guys. Talk to you later. There's Rupper, Mike Rupper from the NHL Network. He's on the NHL tonight, uh, 3 o'clock Pacific, uh, every day on the NHL Network. I, I have that. It's it's not a syndrome or whatever it is, mm. uh, but I have that where people eating around me, it drives me crazy. Like, my wife will be eating granola and stuff, mm-hmm. and I'll have to leave the room. Really? Because it bugs me so much. Or, or, or chips, something like that. Uh, my brother growing up would always eat chips with his mouth open. It would just send me around the – we had more fights over that than mm-hmm. anything else. So, like, if you eat granola, you're good? I'm fine. If you eat chips, that, that I'm sound fine. doesn't bother you. No. But if it's a sound from another human another doing human the same being, thing, can't it, do it? It's the one thing that will set me off immediately. Oh, this is good to know. Yeah. Like, I, I just I, – I've learned mm-hmm. to leave the room. But my wife and I were on a trip to the cottage one time, yep. and we had about a half an hour drive ahead of us, and I was kind of stressed out because it was dark, and it was one of the first times we were going to our place, and they didn't have the directions down pat. And I told her, I mean, stop with the chips. <laughs> and let me tell you, that has not been forgotten in our house. It, 
nor should it be. No, no. It was not my proudest moment. And I regret it to this day, but I had to say it. I, otherwise, I would not have made, been able to navigate the, the, the trip and may, be able to drive. It's goofy. And r- I love that Rupp's the same way. Yeah. Not like you don't have to give me particulars, but like what was the response? It was dead, quiet, <laughs> and then there was an okay. And she did it, but mm-hmm. she was not happy with me. Yeah. <laughs> not, not pleased with me. And then we, had to, we kind of talked it out later. Uh, so, <laughs> so what is it like to go to the movies with Darren Millard? It's not – well, most of the times it's, it's loud. It's loud enough for you yeah, to be okay yeah, with it? Yeah, yeah, But if there's whispering or people around me whispering and, and eating popcorn, uh, like where you can actually hear it, uh-huh. it's, it's not, not pretty. It bugs me. You're but fascinating. But I can, I can navigate it. Yeah, you're fascinating. Yeah. Uh, Chapman, at some point in time between now and uh, the future – I'm going to bring a bag of chips, and I'm going to just sit here. And while we're on the air, I'm going to start eating chips, and there's nothing you can do about it. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, let's take a break. When we come back, it's the play of the day on the VGK Insider Show. And other morsels to chew on in the one-timer segment. I see what you did there. number two. Thank you very much. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, ahead of the Montreal Canadiens and the Vegas Golden Knights from T-Mobile Arena. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Golden Knights at the half mark of the National Hockey League season tonight with game 41 facing the Montreal Canadiens who are 32nd. A couple of uh, numbers that uh, jump out at you. The Montreal Canadiens, the worst team in the National Hockey League, and this is an important game uh, for Vegas to go out on the road against Washington and Carolina and Tampa and Florida with some uh, positiveness uh, surrounding their game. Uh, More to come on this one tonight from T-Mobile Arena on Fox Sports Las Vegas and the VGK Radio Network in hour number two. But let's go to our play of the day, which arrives from Madison Square Garden. And the New York Rangers... We've been critical of them for not beating some of the good teams in the National Hockey League. They stepped up last night against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they got a two-goal performance from Ryan Reeves. McKeg through the crease. Now Truba. DeAndre Miller with a shot. Reeves shoots and scores his second of the night. That was fun to, to watch him play, and you noticed something. I did. What did it's, I his, uh, it's his birthday. Oh, yeah. It's Ryan Reeves' birthday. So, well done. Happy birthday. And uh, nothing like an early birthday present with two goals. It was uh, an important couple of goals, too. Well, yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. With, with Toronto. His first two goals. It is his first two goals of the year. Um, they come in a game where you had to come from behind against the Toronto Maple Leafs team that should have clamped things down and, and found a way to win that game. But as we all know, with Toronto, 3-1 leads tend to go in the wrong direction. Uh, that happened last night. The coach wasn't very happy. No. Sheldon no. Keefe. Called, uh, called his team soft twice. Mm-hmm. That's not good. No. And uh, the tag was, I'm not sure what the answer to it is. Something <laughs> something along that line. It, uh, it was a rather blistering assessment of his group. <laughs> and, I mean, we've watched Pete DeBoer handle losses mm-hmm. with, a reaction that uh, maybe would go against what what I would have expected, uh, with more uh, 
big picture, mm-hmm. uh, playing, as Gary Lawless likes to call it, playing the, the long game uh, with it. And then there's other times where you got to crack the whip a little bit. This yeah. uh, uh, Sheldon Keefe doesn't nearly have the coaching acumen that uh, – that Pete DeBoer has around the National Hockey League. This is his first uh, first job, but it's uh, this was with this was a crack the whip moment for him when he, when he threw in the I don't know what the answer is. That was a uh, message to downstairs in the dressing room and upstairs to the general manager. Yeah, it's an interesting situation right now for the the Toronto Maple Leafs because I, I think you you look at the team and they're incredibly talented and this is a good season for them, but. Within that division, it's going to be incredibly hard to finish outside to finish in the top, and so you know that you're going through Florida or Tampa in in the first round. And let's not let let's not hold back here for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You have to do something in the first round this year. So your your bad misfortune of being in that division is going to be very difficult. But you know, for Sheldon Keefe, he's got to get his team into a mindset, into a situation where. You have a 3-1 lead, it's automatic. It's a win, and that's how it has to be because you need those types of performances in the playoffs. Uh, Big performance by the New York Rangers and a big win for the New York Rangers as they battle in that uh, very difficult metropolitan division. Uh, In the Atlantic uh, division, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, trying to reel in the likes of the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, No worry that uh, they're going to have to uh, fight their way past Montreal this year. I think they'll they, be okay. As they failed uh, in that effort uh, yeah. a year ago. Montreal won't make the playoffs, but they will play tonight as they will face the Vegas Golden Knights here at T-Mobile Arena. Hour number two, the VGK Insider Show, talking about uh, potential line combinations tonight and where Vegas can be better as they head out uh, on the road after completing this eight-game homestand, longest ever at T-Mobile Arena. Uh, that's all coming up on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.